Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Empower Man podcast, coming to you live from the free state of Florida. It's your boy, Mikey G, with our boy, my boy, from the lovely state of Connecticut, Greggy T. Greggy T, how are you, my man? What's up, Mike? How's it going? So excited. We have created so much great stuff. We are now on iHeartRadio. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Our website's up. Greggy T, tell them about our YouTube page. It's really blowing up. Listen, Empower Man Podcast is literally everywhere now. So we would really appreciate it. Any likes, subscribes, whatever you could do. Just say one word, awesome, what's up, guys, anything for uh, – the subscriptions, YouTube, like Mike said, we're on all platforms. Our Instagrams are really taking off. We're getting a lot of DMs. People really seem to to like the content so far, and we're getting some questions. The Mike and I read through a bunch of questions, and we're going to talk tonight about relationships because that was the main topic of all the, the requests we had so far. Yeah, and before we begin, want to give a shout out and show a little love to our first responders, our firemen, our cops, our EMTs. We love you. We hope that if you are listening while you're at work, we won't tell your supervisors that we can bring a little uh, joy to your work night, work day, whatever you're doing. And guys and gals, thank you so much for keeping our communities and our cities and our states safe. And I also want to give a shout out to all the military personnel out there thank you stay safe out there keep kicking ass all right shout out to gbrs what's up boys thanks for the stuff yes and god bless you guys and a special shout out to chipotle chipotle is the best (laughs) the chicken el pastor i told greggy t before we came on air i had two scoops of chicken el pastor it put me on my rear end i slept for like an hour out cold food coma there are Chipotle's all down in South Florida. And a lot of my CrossFit buddies, they'll do it after a workout, which is crazy because they have these insane bodies. And then there's me who's middle-aged who eats Chipotle thinking I can look like my buddy who's 33. And then I wake up, I'm like, where'd this come from? But you know what? You only live once. That's right. <clears throat> Let's dive in, Mike. All right, Greggy T. I'm putting my cap on. Let's rock and roll. Relationships relationships it's a topic that we got to talk about guys because relationships are not just with the opposite sex the sex excuse me it's the relationship you have with yourself it's the relationship you have with your co-workers it's the relationship you have with your family it's the relationship how you have with the world how money. do you view the world money is a huge one and greg you made a great comment a while back about social media and relationships and you shared your thoughts on how social media can uh, play a role in our everyday relationships. Give us a little more perspective, elaborate a little more on what you think are the pros of social media and some of the cons that social media can have on our relationships as men. All right. The pros in social media, the people you can reach on a small platform can get you out and in touch with the world all across the country, all across the world. I like that. You can get in touch with successful people and by success, that could be business, money, relationship, therapist, whatever, insert whatever you need there. I like that. You have the ability. There's, there's never been more access to information and 
help or answers to questions than ever before. All the pros. I love that. However, like everything else, there's a balance and there's just as many negatives in social media. The, the pressure that I think just let's just use Instagram, for example, puts on relationships from a young age all the way till older age. It's people are trying to live up to a certain image that they see on social media. Meanwhile, they, the image is filtered and altered and fake and just a snapshot of that millisecond in time. Little do you know anything about the actual story, what happened before, after. We don't know any details. And I think, especially the younger generation, they, they're so visual, they see that and automatically they think it's real. And they want to live up to that. And they, if they don't have that by a certain time, they get it's so much stress and pressure, I think, for young people. And now add all that stress in and now you're trying to date somebody or ask somebody out. And it's, it's just, it just, it just compiles on each other, in my opinion. Yeah. And to go back to our last episode, we mentioned about self-identity. Yeah. And social media can somehow kind of maybe skew your self-identity because you don't look a certain way. You don't act a certain way. You don't wear a certain yeah. brand of clothing. A lot of these influencers can influence and reach a lot of people, but we also have to take a step back and realize the influencers or influence that I am exposing myself to, is it good or is it bad for me? Because we can also take that as a negative and really feel bad about ourselves, especially if I don't have a 12 pack or if I'm not six feet tall or if I'm not tan or for a, you know, a woman, a woman that can see someone online and try to measure up to somebody who might have enhanced their image, you know, with that, <clears throat> with that filter of Instagram. You're so spot on with that. And I want to use this as an example. So I have the privilege of being on a call once a week with DLB, Daniel and Bailey. And she talked about this specific topic this past week where she obviously was number one in the world in fitness competitions and in her category, which is awesome. She also is completely honest with the enhancements you see out there. And like Mike just said, the, the fakeness and you see a snapshot of a picture and she said this so, so greatly, I'm probably going to mess it up, but you see a picture on a magazine. It could be muscle and fitness. It could be oxygen for the women, whatever. That person, that picture is probably from on stage or a competition. You have, and she spoke about this to a lot of people in our group. You can't expect to look like that after the show. You can't walk around 1%, 5% body fat. It's just not healthy. Your body's going it, to, it's bad for you. It's unhealthy. And I think that's just what you were saying. It's a good point. People see a picture and they're like, okay, I want to be like that. Okay, you can be like that for a little bit of time, but you'll never walk around day to day like that. And you have to be okay with that and know that ahead of time or else it's going to completely screw you up. We know a lot of people that this happened to, and it's a very slippery slope. Yeah, you made a great point there, Greg. And I personal experience when I was a bodybuilder at 19, I was already insecure before I got into it. And when you're on stage, it's such a freeing experience. It's like you feel validated because people are applauding, yeah. applauding, applauding, applauding 
Uh, it's that chicken El Paso from Chipotle. They're booing. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're really, <laughs> really. I'm going to put that on my bio about yes. my speech uh, uh, challenges. Mike but, has one of the greatest um, bios. If you haven't checked it out on our website, please go see that. And that website is? Empowermentpodcast.com. Go to it. Check it out. All right. Back to the topic. So when you're on stage and it's freeing that people are applauding you and they are like validating you because of the way you look and then you feel validated. And then when you get off stage and the applause ends, what happens? What do you do? You, you never want to lose that feeling. It's almost like the first time you get high. Yeah. The first time you get high, it's like, it's such an amazing feeling. And every time you get high after that, it's never really the same because you'll never get that high like you had that first time. It's no different than being on stage and being a competitor or even being in a professional wrestling ring, that a rush of hearing people boo you or cheer you. It's a rush. It's that feeling. But as men and women, we got to be good with ourselves. And you say this a lot, Greg, get you right. Be good with you. If you're good with you, when the applause ends, you can walk away saying that was fun. That was a great experience. Not like, oh my God, I got to have like low sodium, high chicken you know, protein diet yeah. so that I maintain my 12 pack. Cause we all know that's not a healthy way to live. It's just not realistic. And <clears throat> Mike made up a great point, which I agree with. You have to be good with yourself. So to tie this back into relationships, there's no way you can expect to be in a successful relationship, no matter what age you are. If you're not okay with yourself, if you're not secure with yourself, confident, like Mike and I always talk about your core values. If you're not straying from them, you got to, you know, enhance them, entice them, bring them with you. And you, once you're okay, then I think it's, it's the right time to allow somebody to prove themselves to you. Like I said before, and start the process of maybe adding them into your life on a relationship level. And I think, you know, Instagram and all the social media, it paints such a, such a false picture, a false narrative for people that they're almost desperate to be with somebody visually. Like they want to look like the person that they saw. Everyone's having a great time. Meanwhile, they, they don't know the backstory or anything. And you have to be happy with yourself first to be happy with your partner. You're not doing yourself any good or that other person. It'll never work out. And you made a great point there, Greg, about being happy with yourself. And if you're happy with yourself, you'll be able to navigate through social media, I believe, a lot easier because you'll be able to look at something, appreciate it for what it is, and then move on knowing that <clears throat> probably behind that camera, the person faces the same challenges, if not more, than you are. Of course. And Greg, Absolutely. Knowing your self-identity, and you know, I'd like for you to elaborate on this being married and being in, in a relationship or the relationships you've had in the past, what pressures did you face? Did you ever face pressure like being a guy in a relationship? So I think when I was younger, the pressures were the social pressures and the appearance pressure. You want to look the best you can. You want to be with somebody that looks good. It's almost like you're all about the show for the relationship instead of being completely open and honest with that person and completely transparent. And we like to use this word vulnerable with each other. When 
when I'm in my 20s or whatever you want to call it, it's that was not in check for me at all. And I was the farthest thing from that. Looking back now, I can say that when when you're that age, you just don't know any better. And you always want like, you know, the hottest chick, you want to be in the best shape, you want to be seen at certain places with certain people at a certain time, drinking, bottle service, whatever, nice cars, limos, I mean, the whole nine. And it's all, like I said, a show. Yes, it's a great time. Had an awesome time doing it. But we're talking about relationships here. The relationships were never full. And I'm not talking shit. I, I respect time that I spent with people. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't wish any ill will on anybody that I've been with. I hope everyone's doing well. Whether I speak to them or not, it's all good. I hope everyone's happy. But I think the relationships weren't running at full capacity when I was in that mindset of all about the show. And then I, you know, once I finally, way later in life, took me a long time, got in tune with my vulnerability and realizing my core values, how I don't want to stray from them. And I want somebody to share them with and have the same back and forth with values. Then I was able to let my own wall down and invite somebody in and and start the process. That's a great insight, Greg. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I'm going to take a different spin on this and I'm going to look at it from the girl's perspective. I think a lot of girls face an immense amount of pressure of looking good. Absolutely. And I, and I think as men, well, I know as men, we need to make the woman that we're with, we need to make them feel like they are the most important person in our lives because they should be. That's your queen. That's that's your your queen. queen. And if you don't feel that way about her, then you should let her go. Absolutely. As hard as you think that may be, Mike is absolutely right. And we need to remember too, we're not meant to be alone as men. We're not. No one. Women, men, we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to be with a partner. And when God created woman, he created woman from us. So they are a part of us. When you're with a woman, the two become one. And you always mention about you and your wife being a team. And when you're with a, your significant other, you need to make her feel like she's the most important person on that team it's got to come from a sincere place it's got to it's got to come from a place of love because a girl guy anyone can weed out bs so you can't really bs someone guys or else you're lying to yourselves and if you do do that that's your choice but you have to lay down at night with yourself and be okay knowing that you lied to somebody that you're telling that you love so as dudes guys you should always make your lady or your girl or your partner, she is the most important person on your team. Is that pretty fair, Greg? You are the protector, the provider. You're her king. She's your queen. That's how I look at it. Now, you have a unique situation because your wife is so successful. And she is so career-driven. How do you balance in a good way might i say mm-hmm. how do you balance that out in the roles because i think the traditional roles that we were brought up on and we saw as children as society has evolved the mm-hmm. roles have kind of changed or 
they've kind of like created a level playing field where both the man and the woman bring home the the bread, the breadwinners, as they were called back yeah. in our day. How do you and your wife bounce out the pressures of work and family and getting stuff done and taking the kids here? <clears throat> do you guys have a system? Like, what are the keys to your success in your marriage? So I'll start off by this. Even though the roles, and I agree with you, roles have changed. Yeah. But the core values haven't. So I think that a lot of people, a lot of couples, a lot of whatever, they lose sight of that and they focus on the first thing not the second thing like yeah things have changed roles have changed yes they have and they focus on that instead of focusing on that bring it back to but your values haven't so when i first met my wife i mean you you've known her for a long time too she was wildly successful right out of college she made a lot of money in her industry and so roles, since we're talking about it, how you and I were brought up, mostly the men were the breadwinners, like you said. So the role was man was the provider, woman is more stay home, family, whatever you want to call it. Those roles have changed. They've definitely changed nowadays. And they changed for me when we started dating. And when we started getting comfortable enough to discuss finances, as a lot of guys, and I can speak from personal experience, had a hiccup with the fact that she made a lot of money. I didn't, I wasn't there yet. I, I wasn't making as much as she was, but that's okay. It's not about that. Stick to your values, stick to what you want at your table, like we discussed in previous episodes. So, that's helped us tremendously move down the field together. We both grew up differently. She grew up very wealthy. I grew up okay. I wasn't super wealthy like her. Grew up in different areas. I'm from New Rochelle. She's from Westport, Connecticut. Two different worlds. Okay. That's okay. Values are what linked us and kept us together. Not money, not who made more, not who made less or whatever. Because at the end of the day, you're a team and you, you're bringing it all together for the family. All right. So I think that's led us down the path of success in that category. Now, is it easy? No. And every once in a while, you probably have to check yourself like, okay, she makes a lot of money. I don't make as much, but you know what? We have a good life. We're happy. All this stuff. You have to get over that. And there are certain people that get hung up on that. There are certain Instagram, like we were talking about a lot of girls, they want to be the boss nowadays and this and that. However, they still want that. They want their, their cake and eat it too. When it comes to finances and income, like they, they want their own money, but they also want that rich guy. So I think there's a lot of confusion out there, misinformation via social media. And I know I'm getting off topic on that, but our core values led us down the path to success. It, it laid the foundation for moving forward as a couple. And I think that's the key to success when it comes to that. And you made a great point, Greg. The common denominator in what you were explaining to me and the world is values. And yeah. as guys, especially being single, 
the pressures that we face is making sure that a girl will like us knowing that we have a good job, that we make a certain amount of money, that we can kind of meet them on their level that might be inflated at times because we are blinded by, and this is going to segue into our next topic, being in lust versus being in love. Yeah. We talked, we talked about this, about being in your twenties and, you know, I've, I, I, I carried that with me for a little while longer than my twenties, but I learned the hard way mm-hmm. about because you're in lust with somebody because they're so attractive and you yeah. crave them in, in, in very, uh, in fleshly desires. It's that different chemistry. I get it's it. It's a different chemistry yeah. and it's hard to differentiate between being in lust versus being in love. Yeah. And then you put all this pressure on yourself. Like, Oh, I got to take her to, the four seasons or I, I got to take her on a vacation or I got to go buy a Mercedes or you, the voices really drive you. And we talked about this in previous episodes. Yeah. The voices really drive you insane because a lot of men will be so enamored with a girl because she's so attractive that we don't see her heart. We don't see her mind. We don't see her soul. And you being able to sift through that with your marriage and your wife and how you met your partner the common denominator that as men, we need to make sure that we can sift through any situation or any individual are their core values, Greg. I couldn't have said any better myself. But the only way you can sift through it is knowing what to sift through and what to look for. And the only way you know how to do that is because you did it to yourself and you figured it out on your end. You can't go doing that to somebody else if you don't have your shit together. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think with lust, as men, we're very visual. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we look at is them in a physical manner. Of course. You know, so I guess, how would you describe the difference between being in lust with somebody and being in love with somebody? And I can just say from my experience, when I look back, um, one of my last relationships, <clears throat> I was in love with her, no doubt. Um, I was in love with her family, no doubt. But I think I might have been more in lust with her because of who she was, because of how she looked. Granted, you take that all away, we had great times. We did. But I think when someone is 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 very, very, very attractive, I think the lines can get blurred in regards to how you feel for that person. And I'd just be curious to get your take on it and explain to everybody in the world that are listening to this, what your thoughts are between lust versus love and how to differentiate. It's a tough, it's a tough thing to navigate and to decipher as I can put it as I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. To me, in my opinion, lust is that primal, animalistic, I want to conquer and take that down and, and completely that's mine. Okay. That's lust in my opinion. When you do that and you want more and you're interested in more, like you said, family and their life and you want their input and you want to spend actual quality time. I think now the needle's moving more towards getting to know that person and you're going towards the path of possibly falling in love. So I think lust is just that right here, 
right now, let's go no matter where we're at type of situation. And I think, I think it's, it's a normal thing. We've all been there. We've all done it. It's not a bad thing in my opinion. Um, I just, you know, think people, once you, everyone in my opinion will reach the point where if they're tired of that, that means that's your core value speaking to you. You, you, you want more. And a lot of people try to like push that down because, you know, they want to like the guys like, Oh, I want to be the man with my friends. I'm an alpha. I'm this, I'm that. That's great. But at the end of the day, though, like you said, you know, before earlier in this, in this podcast, when you're off stage, the lights are off the music, there's no crowd. It's real quiet. Same thing. When you put your head down at night, all that lust is great, but if there's something inside you speaking to you, that is your core value saying, Hey, maybe let's turn the page and look for something that's more fulfilling. hundred percent, Greg, hundred percent. Very well put. Very, very well put. Um, I don't think I could have explained that any better. And I think it hits people. There's no age, <clears throat> right? It hits people. It hits certain people when they're young and they have successful relationships and marriage early. I didn't get married till I was later in life. I also wasn't in tune with myself. I'll, I'll always say this until later in life. And when it hits, you'll know, you'll just yeah. know. And that's a good thing in a way, because you've had so much experience that when you were ready to get in tune with yourself, you already had that knowledge before tapping into your inner self. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And I'm going to put this out there <clears throat> and this is from my experiences. So Mike knows I've always dated older and I've, I've dated people that were previously married and they got divorced, whatever. Once sometimes when people get married too young, I don't think they had the experiences that I think are good in the self growth column for them. They're not fulfilled. They always feel like they're missing out on something or maybe they should have did this. I should have been wild in my twenties or third, like, all those voices, like you always say, they're not, you can't see it, but they're in your head. And I think once a person experiences a certain amount, sees a lot and has certain stories or whatever experiences, I keep using that word. That's, that's when I think they can turn the page and maybe be with somebody in the right time, if that makes sense. No, I agree with you. And again, it's all about what you're exposed to, who you're yeah. around. We yep. grew up in New York. I'm sure it's a little bit different in like Lawrence, Kansas. Shout out to our friends in Lawrence, Kansas that are listening. What's up, Kansas? Great place. Kansas is a great place. Or like Mississippi, where shout out to our friends in Mississippi. Different yep. states, different different uh, environmental stimuluses. New York is really fast. Fast, grow up fast, date fast, and then yeah. take go from Westchester and where you're from in Poughkeepsie. Now go into the city. Mike and I both lived in Manhattan. It's like it's on in in five minutes. Very uh -huh. fast lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, and it's not for everybody. But if no. you have the right personality, it yeah. was a glorious. Listen, time. a lot of people get caught up in the city. Yeah, and they can't handle it. And they get messed up. We know a lot of people it happened to, guys and girls, all different ages. But 
that's a whole other thing. How do you think people that feel like they're imprisoned in their own mind, we touched upon this a few episodes back, I believe. We talked about sometimes we imprison ourselves based upon lies that we believe about ourselves. And this is something that my church has taught me. And I facilitated this in a few uh, tables that I've led. Sins that we commit, um, things that we do, or the lies that we believe about ourselves, or mm -hmm. when somebody hurts us, we have a hard time getting over that. Yeah. How do you think those personal prisons that we can sometimes put ourselves in affect our relationships? They'll kill the relationship. I think it'll completely torpedo it. And I, it's, it's happened to me a bunch of times. I thought I was a certain way. I wanted to have a certain appearance. I wanted to live a certain lifestyle. And it completely imploded the relationship. Now, would the relationship ha have withstood the test of time? Probably not, but we don't know. But I think playing certain roles, like you were saying, and I was saying before, is, is a detriment to a relationship. Whether you're going to end up being with that person or not, it's definitely not going to be a good thing. So... <clears throat> I always, I'm always going to talk about this. I always have my core values. Now, did I date within my core values? No, not all the time. Mike knows I rode motorcycles for a long time. I was in a bunch of different motorcycle clubs, groups, whatever you want to call it. Some really good, some bad, whatever. Had a great time. I wouldn't change a thing. <clears throat> Mike also knows I was pretty big lifting weights back in the day. So I had a certain appearance. And with that appearance, people have a perception. And with that perception is you're a tough guy, you're a biker, you're this, you're that, and people are constantly testing you. You got to try to live up to their vision, which is completely a waste of time because you're not doing you. And now bleed that into women that I want to go out with or date. And I look a certain way, but I want the opposite. And it's very hard to blend those two worlds. It's almost impossible. I couldn't do it where I knew what my core values were, but here I am like hell raising over here with my group. How am I going to find somebody where my core values are? The odds of that happening are, are almost impossible. So I think that's a detriment to a relationship. And I think, I don't want to say I wasted time because I had a great time doing what I did, but I think it, it definitely turned some people off because they thought I was a certain way when I wasn't. And when I was dating somebody and still trying to be in that lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, it, it strained the relationship and that's my fault. So, and I take a full accountability for that now, obviously when I was in it, I didn't think it was a problem, but I also didn't know any better when I was that age. We're talking like mid to late twenties into thirties. So Wow. That's a great introspective, Craig. And I will match that with the biggest thing that I do to kill relationships personally is I believe I'm not good enough. And that's a lie that I believed, but I believed it ever since I was a little kid. So anytime I've gotten close to somebody and I I'm aware of it, <clears throat> it I I'm just kind of on autopilot where I get too close to someone and then I kind of push it away. And the people that I do decide to let in 
are absolute train wrecks. And that was one of the mistakes. And that's no disrespect to them. And I, I do apologize for that adjective. Um, but I just to paint a picture, and I think guys, we can all relate to it. Yeah, sure absolutely. You're not alone there. Well. You're no, not alone. No. And I, like I said, I do apologize for using that adjective as, you know, but what the point I was trying to illustrate was that I, I met a lot of great people and man, I kicked myself as hard as I could because maybe had I not sabotaged it, I might've had a chance. Hindsight's 2020. You always say mm -hmm. that, but yeah. you're being introspective is being aware of your actions. Mm -hmm. And even now with some of the people that I've dated, um, I know what I want in a relationship. I know what I want in a partner. And even though a lot of them may not meet all the criteria, and I only really have three. It's not like it's a lot. We all have a checklist or a boxer. You said it on one podcast. It's not right like now. your bio? No, it's not like okay. my bio. All right, good. But I will add to it for anybody that <laughs> wants to read up on the three prerequisites yes. of dating Mike Gallagher at empowermanpodcast.com yes. coming on Monday. But, you know, I've sabotaged things and people and relationships. And that's my biggest downfall was mm -hmm. the lies that I believe. I could even believe a lie about somebody that I'm with. Oh, maybe she's really crazy or maybe she's not stable or maybe she's a little wild when in essence she really isn't. So I think the biggest thing for me, and I'm sure there are a lot of guys out there that probably have done or do the same thing, take stock take hold of those voices and you've done a great job with this in the past you brought up this on exercise for every negative right out of positive when you were just saying some of the negatives that you do yeah like oh i'm not good enough for that person yep. i immediately was like well you know what being an outsider looking at yeah that relationship if we'll call it whatever they're not good enough for you you're better you're, you're they're not on your level that's me and that, that's just bias because i'm your boy Right. I can Thank I can you. see where well, it's always different when you're on the outside. I can see you might be thinking that in your head. And I'm thinking like, wow, Mike's light years ahead of this person. He's wasting his time, whatever. But I'm just yeah. saying there's always positives to whatever potential, you know, negatives you have trying to sabotage yourself. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And you make great points there, Greg. And you also made great points about like, looking a certain way and dating a certain type and guys yeah. for us to be truly, truly happy. Sure. The physical element has to be there, Yeah, but you got to get past that and get to know the woman's heart, get to know her brain, get to know her soul. Cause if her brain, heart and soul are all in alignment, man, when you're with somebody, the, I mean, I can remember times where I was intimate with somebody that I loved. I thought I was going to pass out because it was so intense. It's different from when you're with someone that you don't, really care about because once yeah. you've kind of finished it's kind of like eh, all right, yeah I, I gotta go it'll be work early i'll see you later you know what i mean absolutely and i wanna i wanna touch upon these two points because they're related to what we're talking about red flags and also when you break up which i'm going to talk about in a second but red flags and i'm a stickler for this and Mike will tell you, I'm always telling people about them because, you know, they, they, when we're, we bounce ideas off our friends, we're like, hey, what do you think? That... I, I have low tolerance for a lot of things, almost zero tolerance. I'm not saying it's right, but that's just how I am. Like I said before, my trust starts at zero and it builds. A lot of people start at 100% trust and they, they let it get taken away from them. I don't like that. 
I consider red flags a real problem. If you just start talking to somebody and there's red flags, I don't, I, don't stop talking to them. It, it's that's a problem. If there's red flags and you're just getting out of the gate, what do you think's two, three, four, five, six months down the line? I guarantee you there's going to be a shit ton more red flags. And then it's going to bring me to the second point when you were talking and it made me think of it. When guys and girls, when you break up with somebody, and I don't care how long you've been dating, you can be dating a month, a year, I don't care, a couple of years. It sucks. We've all been there. It hurts, this and that. However, take a second. And the way to take inventory for that moment in time and that feeling, you got to ask yourself, do you miss the person or do you just miss the routine of having somebody? It's a huge question. And the answer can really, when you break it down, if you're honest with yourself, it can snap you right back into good times and reality because most people, when they break up with somebody, when they really sit down and think about it and put all the pros and cons on paper, whatever, they miss the routine of having somebody and you can move on a lot quicker and you can take that with you going forward into the next relationship. That is, an it awesome just made me think point. of it because <laughs> I've gone back several a, times. A hundred percent. I think know. most people do. Yeah, and, and yeah. And it was beca- because I had insecurities because I didn't love and respect myself because I didn't really know who I was. Of course. And, and I then people one- misconstrue that for, I miss the person. No, you miss the routine of somebody being there, you know, and, and it's, that gets lost a lot in people and just trying to save people some time in thinking about that. Cause I wish somebody had told me that many times, many years ago. So, so if a guy's in that situation right now, what advice would you have for them? It's easy to say, well, just move on or date somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or I've heard this one before. The best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody. Of course. But that's not going to really help the situation. So in a constructive, positive, healthy way, what advice would you give a guy who has that feeling of, oh, maybe I should go back to her because she's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of ignoring those red flags, knowing that there was a breakup for a reason. I have a two-part answer. So part one, you broke up. I don't care if you're a guy or girl. I would tell the same advice to whoever's listening. Take the time to build and focus on you in all categories. Yeah, it sucks, whatever, you're sad. Get your sad ass up. Go to the gym. Go buy some healthy food. Get on a routine. Get in awesome shape, feel physically awesome from eating good food, focus on yourself. If you have a job, be the best at that. If you work for somebody, if you own your own company, great time to put all that energy into a positive and kick some ass, make more money, scale your business, grow your business. You want to do something, open up a brand. You want to do this, go do it. All about you, nobody else. So take all that. And the second part of this whole thing, when if somebody breaks up, if it's meant to be, and I truly believe this, this is an old acronym, if it's meant to be, that person will appear in your life again down the road in some shape or form. If it's meant to be, it'll be. All right? Normally, it doesn't happen. 
So that's why you, you should focus on yourself in all areas. And then you'll be putting good stuff out there and you will receive good things. That's great. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, Greg. That was awesome. And I think that can kind of bleed into a point that I want to make about being in a parasitic relationship and being able to identify a narcissist for both guys and girls. And that's really, that's a, a good one. It's good because there are emotional vampires out there that will suck the life out of us. You mentioned this in a prior episode about previous partners you had in the past that sucked the ambition out of you. Horrible. Horrible. And horrible. And there's nothing worse than being with somebody where every day your adrenal glands are shot because her happiness made you happy because of that narcissistic role that she played or he played mm -hmm. because if they're, if they were happy, you were happy. If they were upset, you were upset. Yeah. And that's no way to live or be with anyone. Agreed. You know, I agree. and, and I think, you know, we talk about self-identity and values and identifying red flags. Like Greg said, why are you even talking to me if the red flags are there? And we got to We got to nip that problem at the bud. Here's a simple test. If you're in a relationship now, I'm not talking about if you recently got into an argument or a debate, take that aside. If it's a normal, happy day, if you're at work or if you're at the store, at the gym and your phone rings and it's that person you're with, are you psyched that it's them? Or are you like, you roll your eyes you're like, ugh, yep. right there. That's a quick self-test you can do for your relationship. Because if you look at your phone, you're like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. It's, it's not good. You'll build resentment. Ugh. And I think you'll just carry that down the line. And no matter what's going on in your life, we all have stresses, financial stresses, people die, things happen. But when that person calls, you should really never have that feeling. That is the worst opinion. feeling because I've been there. It's, I've been there a million <laughs> times. I've been there a million times. We all have. And, and after a certain point, I blame, you can only blame yourself. Right. All right. If you're getting the ambition sucked out of you, like I said, or if you're just miserable, that's your fault after a certain point. When you realize that, and if you, you realize that and you don't change or get out of the situation, then you deserve anything that you, go, you get going forward staying there. And you have no voice or, or, or matter, in my opinion. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And I agree. And there's a certain level that as a man, I believe we should always put the woman's needs first. I, the Bible talks about, you know, putting others before yourselves, not in a, a way that's going to hurt you. And I think as guys, we need to be aware of that. Because that's where, that's where the confusion is. In my opinion. I agree. I agree. It's like, mm -hmm. how much do I give without losing myself? Like people take that literally which you can take it literally, but it's always, it goes back to the seat at the table. Put, put your woman first, but that's because she's already earned that seat and you guys are on the same page. I think that's what Mike means and, and what you, you reference the Bible. I think that's what it means. Not just some random girl you met, put her first. No way. No yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and also too, it's just like, whether it's girls or people, it's like, you know, being humble and, and humility Get you a long way in life. I don't care yes. what anybody says. I've gone mm -hmm. away where I was. 
I wouldn't say I was cocky or arrogant. I think that's, I've always been aware of my abilities, but I always tried to carry myself with a certain level of humility. But I know when I'm in a zone, especially when I'm in a wrestling environment and I can turn it on, there's a certain aura that comes over you. It's, it's hard to explain, but I think once you walk through a curtain or once you get into yeah. your element, whether it's MMA, whether it's swimming, yep. it's like, I can't be touched even at my age. It's like you have that thought because if you don't think confidently or arrogantly, not arrogantly, but if you don't think I understand. confidently, you yeah. understand, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, you make total sense. You have to think that way to be successful in life because women, men, I, I love confident women. I love confident, powerful women. I have dated confident, powerful women that were so smart and they were so sexy and they brought so much to the table, but the common denominator wasn't there. Those values, yeah. which is why it didn't work. But, Oh, when I see a confident woman walk into a room, I can sniff that out a mile away. And I'm like, who is this person? Oh my God. You completely took the words out of my mouth where I was going to go with this. <laughs> women love confidence. Men love confidence. So for the women listening, and my wife can attest to this. We talk about this all the time. You can be the hottest chick in the world. There's somebody tired of banging you. There's somebody tired that, that, you know, of being with you. I don't care how hot you are. When you're on a certain level and you're completely comfortable and secure with yourself, the whole physical sex, making love, whatever, it's confidence is one of the biggest turn-ons. You know, like you said, when you're in a wrestling environment, when I'm in front of my group or if I'm giving a huge workshop in front of hundreds of agents, that confidence, they can sniff and they're full attention. And like you said, you can't be touched. You're on a different level. It's awesome. Same thing in your relationship, I think. And I, I truly believe when two people are connected, when there's full confidence on both ends, it's completely awesome. Nothing turns me on more than confidence. And my wife, I can swear to it, she'll tell you that. I say it all the time. Confidence. And I know the same is for girls, too. Girls don't want a guy that doesn't... I'm not saying you have to know all the answers, but you're not walking around with your tail between your legs, like, you know, huddled down, like, pick yourself up, chin up, shoulders up, chest out, have some confidence in yourself. Whether you make a, the right decision or the wrong decision, I don't care. You made a decision. Stick with it. If you made the wrong one, you can fix it. But be confident and take a step forward. Women like that. Men also like that. And you make a great point, Greg, about posture. As much as we communicate with our mouths, there's something called nonverbal communication. Body language. Body language is huge. Yep. When it comes to attracting members of the opposite sex, even people of the same types of, you know, uh, interests that you yep. might have in, in the people that you choose to hang out with. So posture, you know, having a posture or having a stance or having some type of like uh, aura or some type of energy that you give off is extremely, extremely important in attracting not only your partner, but also the people you hang out with in your life. I'm going to get heat for this. So how many times have you and I been out in the past? We have a group of girls around us. We're talking. And they're holding their drink like, ha, 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 laughing. And they're all like hunched over, horrible posture. And eh. no, you're done. I'm talking to your friend. I'm not talking to you. Your friend is talking to me, normal, face-to-face, -face, eye contact, 
they're they're just confidence. You can see it. Not this hunched over with the drink and they like all sh- you know reserved and turn. It's just a turn off. Yeah, those were some wild times. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I I agree, I agree with you a hundred percent. And yeah. I I think one last thing I'd like to touch upon before we wrap this up is chivalry. <laughs> I believe chivalry still exists. I didn't learn how to treat a woman properly until I was in my early thirties because of the mistakes I made. My life coach helped me out immensely. Now we can say, and we've mentioned this before, oh, well, you know, my dad didn't do this or my mom didn't, you know, you can't blame your parents for nothing. Our parents, and we'll say this all the time. And when we wrap up, because this is going to drop the week of Mother's Day, I have a special Mother's Day message for my mom. I know you do as well. Mm -hmm. Our parents, I love them so much because they gave us everything we need to be successful. Whether you're out there and you despise your family, that's on you. But I can tell you, Greg and I can tell you that look at it differently and know like what your parents went through. They did the best they could knowing what they grew up on and what they were exposed to. And they gave us a roof over our head, shelter, all that. I can go on and on, but I digress. Um, I think chivalry is extremely important nowadays because it's a lost art. A lot of girls out there are pro, like, I don't need you to open a door. I don't need this. And I think it gets lost in translation because it's just another way as men to love and appreciate women. Also, social media, I think, has killed Shivori. Yes. yes. Let's add that to my con list for social media. Yes. And I Mike agree. always it, says, put the girl or the woman on the inside. When you're walking down the street, something as simple as that. Hold the door, open the car door, all that stuff. Or one that I love to do is when I sit at a restaurant, I always face the door because if something happens, guess what? I can protect her. And Absolutely. Girls, it's funny. When the being single now, middle aged, I'll be middle aged next month. Um, yeah. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. I've been here for a while. Welcome to the club. I think they're going to shut down Del Rey, though. I think they're going to make it a, a holiday, Mike, because I'm going to have a pretty big birthday party. Just I put think. it on your bio. I'll put it on my bio, uh, empowermanpodcast.com. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you talk about chivalry, it's so important because a, a lot of girls I feel nowadays don't know how to be treated like girls they don't or ladies or women and it's really sad and guys this it's is not their fault either that's right it's not their fault they haven't seen it in any aspect of their life it's not their fault and it's our job as men to educate them because Absolutely. it's another way to make a woman feel like she's the most important person on, in this world and guys we have to honor our queens as you said well said mike and i completely agree well we, said we, we really have to. And, you know, Greg, we could have taken this topic, and I know we can elaborate on this for future episodes. We yep. didn't touch family or money or nope. friendships, so we can definitely part we'll of do another one episode. on this, on those. No problem. 100%. Because I know Greg, some any- of our DMs got, they wanted to know about money and, and <laughs> stuff like that. We'll, we'll touch upon it in the future. Huge, huge. Yeah. And, and Greg, any final thoughts? Put, put a bow on this for us, Greg. Um, how would you surmise this <clears throat> awesome chat we had today for everyone out there? Relationships are hard. They're work. Marriages are hard. They're work. It's never easy. Bottom line, stick to your core values. Know what you want. Know what you're willing to put up with. Know your non-negotiables, like I said before. And treat your woman like a queen and be completely radically transparent and 
and honest with each other. No matter what it is, just be honest. You guys will grow together and thrive. Mic drop. Well put, my friend. I don't think anyone out there in the world could have said that any better than you just surmised this episode. So thank Greg, you, Mike. Thank you so much. And Greggy T, for all our new listeners out there, because we get new listeners every day, thank you so much for make, being a part of the Empower Man family. Greg, where can they find us? For any of the new listeners out there that are coming aboard, where can they find us and reach out to us? Welcome all the new listeners. All the platforms, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, all of that. Our YouTube page is really taking off. Our Instagram page is blowing up, Empowerman Podcast. And our website, empowermanpodcast.com. Shoot us a message. We read them all. We obviously have way more topics to talk about via you guys, which we love to do. And uh, just keep the questions and the comments coming. Like and subscribe. We truly appreciate it. And Greggy T, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and get some personal one-on-one coaching, where can they find you? So my coaching group is called Forever Progress. You can DM me through Empowerman, or you can just go to my Instagram, Forever Progress on, on IG and, and hit me up. That's awesome. I appreciate and, that. And as we wrap this up, Mother's Day, this episode is going to be dropping on Monday, the day after Mother's Day. And for those of you out there that still have your moms, love them, cherish them, yes. treat them like the queens that they are, because without our moms, we would not be here. And I just want to say a happy Mother's Day to my mother, who I love more than anything in this world. She is the most important person in my life. Without her, I would not be where I am today. And for all the things that we can say that our parents might not have given us. My mom gave me so much more and then some, and I love her very much. She's a good woman. Yes. And a shout out to Mrs. T. I know you're going to talk about your mom real quick, but a happy mother's day to, to Mrs. T. Love you. And, that. uh, you know, we hope to see you soon. She's only 30 minutes away. That's it. Um, I want to say happy mother's day to my mom. I love her very much. The original Mrs. T. And I want to thank her for giving me, my short fuse and my, my anger first. I love it. I get it from her and I wouldn't have it any other way. Happy mother's day and happy mother's day to my wife, Jason. And thanks for putting up with my crazy ass. Yes. Yes. I can fully attest to that. So happy yeah. mother's day to Mrs. T the second. And with that, my friend, another week in the books, I'll see you next week for another episode of empower man podcast. Signing off from the free state of Florida, it's your boy, Mikey G. Thank you, Mike. Everyone, be safe out there. Be good. America first. Have a good one.